And let's get it rolling. Mount up, everybody. It is the Pure Opelka podcast for this Wednesday, January 17th. A cold day here in the Northeast and a cold day in a lot of parts of the country. I am uh, already ready for spring weather and golf to return, but it looks like it's going to be cold for a while. So we'll deal with it. We also have Dr. Roizen joining us, Dr. Michael Roizen from the Cleveland Clinic, our buddy, our pal. He's going to talk to us about how you can remain younger and make yourself even younger, if that's possible. We'll get to that. Uh, We have a few important things to share with you, some interesting perspective on some hot topics. But let's get started with a little bit of positivity from our friend Maze Moore on Twitter. It is time, in fact, to put America first. Throughout the world, it's always America last. Everyone in Washington is obsessing over how to protect Ukraine's border. But the most important border in the world right now for us is not Ukraine's border, it's America's border, and we do nothing about it. The first duty of the American president is to defend the American border. Before our leaders talk about invasions of other countries, they need to stop the invasion of this country. And Joe Biden's weakness and incompetence is creating a very real risk of World War III. Look at what's going on. This would have never happened with us. With Biden and the radical left, it's always America last. Put America first. Absolutely. Absolutely, sir. Thank you. Thank you. And Mays Moore, somebody you should follow on the Twitters. Uh, Just a remarkable account with some excellent editing, great comedy skills, too. And while we're on it, let's uh, let's check on the Trump train, because I think there is somebody new who has jumped on the Trump train in the last 48 hours. to endorse Donald Trump for President of the United States. I look forward to supporting him enthusiastically because I think it's time for the Republican Party to unite, for us to come together. We've got to beat Joe Biden. We've got to beat this disastrous cultural Marxist agenda in the White House. We've got to retake the United States Senate. We've got to hold the House. We've got to come together and win. And with the results last night, the people have spoken. It's time to move onward to victory in November. I know it's a song from 2016, but we are bringing it back every time there is a new clip that we can put into the Trump train song and share it with you. Ted Cruz with an enthusiastic endorsement of Donald Trump following the Iowa caucus. And uh, next week we have the New Hampshire primary. And I suspect we're going to see another victory for Mr. Trump. We will see. I know a lot of the people on the left are cheering for Nikki Haley. 
What does that tell you? When the left wants Nikki Haley, what does that tell you? They're afraid of Donald Trump. But uh, one of the things that Ted Cruz has brought up and other people have brought it up as well is that uh, if Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis truly want the removal of Joe Biden from the presidency, then they should drop out now because the Republicans are spending an awful lot of money campaigning against each other while you see the Democrats are just picking up money. Lots and lots and lots of money. And that money will be spent to make negative campaign ads. I just don't know if they're going to have enough money to buy enough ads to counteract what's actually in the polls. Just an example of uh, what was uh, heard on CNN earlier today talking about the new ABC News poll as it relates to Joe Biden and his performance. The ABC News Ipsos poll out this week shows Just 31% of Americans approve of how Biden is handling this economy, 56% disapprove. And this is interesting, just 13% of Americans say they've gotten better financially since the president took office. Yeah, 13%. And those 13% are a lot of Biden's rich buddies. And he wants to be like them. He wants to be one of those rich guys, too. Over at uh, ABC News, they are also trying to explain away some of the Biden polling problems. Another area where Biden is struggling to break through, immigration. A critical issue for voters. Our polling shows just 18% of Americans approve of Biden's handling of the issue. Another area where Biden... How how could you approve of it? It's a horrible thing he's done. He has not protected our borders. And a lot of us think that there's a secondary reason behind the allowing of millions and millions of people in. Is it for congressional reapportionment? Because you get to uh, create congressional districts based on the number of people in your state, not the number of citizens? Maybe. Are they going to try and force through some sort of citizenship to have these people vote? I believe that's on the plan as well. We're trying to pay attention to all of it. But the, the other part of this that makes me laugh is that uh, the Democrats are trying to tell us that uh, Joe Biden's just so darn good that he's he's remarkable and strong and vital. In fact, the other night on CBS News during the coverage after the caucuses, they had Senator Tina Smith, Democrat from Minnesota, talking about uh, Joe Biden. And and I think I think we need to have a laugh track under these people. Will he have enough to serve another four years. And that enough has a lot of different sub-definitions. Mm-hmm. There are kind of misgivings that show up in polling data that I haven't seen register for previous incumbents seeking re-election. How does the president overcome those misgivings even within his own party? Well, I think that the president is more than up to this job. And I think that as the campaign unfolds, voters will be able to see that. You think about this individual who has kind of like limitless um, reserves of energy who goes all over the place. I think about the incredible um, effort that he went to uh, get to, um, you know, to, to, get, to get to the get to Ukraine during the initial stages of the war. And I think about the efforts that he goes to every single day in the United States to get where people are and to talk to them. Will he have enough? I, I think I really think we need a laugh track under a lot of the uh, the left side of the mainstream media's news reports. I really think a laugh track is needed. 
I'm just saying. Maybe we'll weaponize that and make that part of the regular review of the news is to cover the news with a laugh track. Because it's laughable. They can't believe what they're saying. It's like Kamala needs one. Definitely Kamala Harris needs a laugh track. We have to make sure that happens. Uh, A couple of other things that I'm keeping my eyes on. What's happening at the World Economic Forum, of course, in Davos, Switzerland, where all these people gather. All these private jets are there. They're all squawking about the the, uh, climate. And even John Kerry, who's reported to be stepping down from his position as climate czar, and he says he's going to go on the campaign trail for Joe Biden. I don't think it's because he wants to campaign for Biden. I think it's because so many people were asking Kerry, hey, uh, let us know about the people who work for you. You know, we've given you four plus million dollars as a budget, plus you get to travel wherever you want. Who are you paying? Who are the people who are traveling with the climate czar? Uh, Kerry got a little uh, snippy when someone asked him about his carbon footprint and I uh, told the guy it was a stupid question, but I think he has more stupid statements he makes from the World Economic Forum. So now humanity is inexorably threatened by humanity itself. Yes, it is. And that's why we must get rid of humanity. Stop it. Why is this World Economic Forum so huge? And who's funding it? And why, if they don't have any real power, what is the purpose? I know the media props it up because they're all there. They're all there covering it night and day. The other thing they should be covering is uh, what's about to happen to Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden has, as you know, uh, criminal cases pending in uh, Delaware and in California regarding taxes, regarding the gun. And we learned yesterday that the gun that uh, Hunter Biden purchased illegally was kept in a in a sack, some kind of bag that also had traces of cocaine on it. Hmm. Who would have seen that coming? Uh, last night, the oversight chairman, James Comer, who has been talking with Hunter Biden's lawyers about getting him back in finally to sit down and answer questions. He was on with Sean Hannity. I want to give you a little bit of this because I think there's some interesting stuff here. Is Hunter Biden actually going to sit in front of a House committee and answer questions? I don't think so. I I kind of agree with uh, what Hannity's saying, but Comer's trying to bring some, I guess, some legitimacy to the investigation, saying we're doing it by the book. Tonight, uh, initially, you know, there was no way you were going to issue a second subpoena. Apparently, that is now on the table. My understanding is Kevin Morris is scheduled to be deposed on Thursday. Um, isn't it uh, a pretty good bet that if Hunter does come in on any date, that he's likely to plead the fifth? Well, that's always been a possibility. I mean, let's face it, Sean, it's going to be very difficult to answer these questions. Uh, We have the bank records. We have the specific transactions. We have emails, text messages. We have sworn testimony now that uh, is counter to everything that both Hunter and Joe Biden have said about their family's uh, shady schemes. But at the end of the day, uh, we really need to get Hunter Biden in. And I think what's happened over the last few days is Abby Lowell has realized that we have won. 
We are in a position to win in court. The House Oversight Committee, the House Judiciary Committee, we have done everything by the book. We have dotted every I and crossed every T, and we're in a position well, to let win me in ask court. That. So now, Abby Lowell's come back on, you know, basically begging to, to, and offering for Hunter Biden to be deposed without any conditions. I hope that happens. We will see. We really need something of consequence to happen to a guy who has, A, violated the, the Second Amendment laws or the gun laws in the state of Delaware. He's lied on a federal form. And there certainly are enough legitimate questions about how he got his money, how Joe Biden got his money, all of these connections. We need real action, not just talk. Also, uh, the 911 call which happened on January 1st, a, um, an aide to the Secretary of Defense, uh, Lloyd Austin, who's now out of the hospital, called 911 to get an ambulance, but they asked for a, a little special privilege. Can I, can I ask, can the ambulance not show up with lights and sirens? Um, we're trying to mm-hmm. remain a, a little subtle. Yeah, we're trying to keep this on the down low. You know, we don't want to tell anybody that the guy in charge of the military, the most powerful military on the planet, is uh, is on his way to the hospital. We need to keep that quiet. Let's just keep it between us kids. How embarrassing is this? Look, I hope the guy gets better. But come on, man. It's very irritating, to say the least. It's very irritating. All right, you know what's not irritating? Our friend, Dr. Michael Roizen from the Cleveland Clinic. He joins us pretty much every Wednesday. We talk about wellness and health and uh, what we can do to get younger. We talk about the Longevity Playbook, and you should go to longevityplaybook.com and check it out. Maybe it'll help you get healthier and stay younger, longer. That's the goal. That's the idea. We're all trying to be healthier, et cetera. Uh, Dr. Royson, we've had a spate of cold weather here in the Northeast, and I'm already tired of shoveling, even though it's been like the first time in two years I've actually had to shovel snow. But it's cold and it's icy. Uh, How are things in Cleveland, my friend? Well, Cleveland had about a a dusting. That's all. We had a half an inch. The roads are perfect. In fact, the roads all look white because they expected more and they put enough whatever it is, salt or whatever they put on it now, that uh, the, the roads are all white because <laughs> they haven't gotten washed away. That's weird. So, but they're, they're clear. It is 7 degrees, and they've closed the school system uh, today. I think almost all the schools, because of the wind chill, which is a minus 11. They said the schools wouldn't be warm enough for the kids. All the people in Iowa are laughing at you guys for wimping out. It's only minus 11 wind chill. Well, we're down to minus 30. We send the kids out to go play. (laughs) And vote. (laughs) And vote at the same time. That's true. Are the kids allowed to vote? How old do you have to be in Iowa to vote? Well, usually, you know, it's 18 to vote. But I will tell you this. The largest city in New Jersey just announced they are lowering the voting age for some elections to 16, which makes me very nervous because I was not making good decisions at 16, Dr. Rose. No, no, most people don't. (laughs) Even women. Meaning it's bad enough, guys. Yeah. But women's brains, frontal cortexes aren't complete at that age either. 
That's amazing. It's so funny. We got into voting already, but we have to talk about health and wellness. And before we get into this week's research, there was a story that is now seeming gaining momentum here in the region about measles popping up. And the ninth case of measles was announced yesterday in Philadelphia. And um, nine cases in this giant area, Doc. Should we be worried? Um. If you haven't immunized your kids, you should be worried. You know, we largely wiped out childhood diseases and those things, and those are serious, meaning people don't realize before the vaccines, we had a bunch of what we call measles encephalopathy, and you had a bunch of kids also develop impotence, develop, um, if you will, a testicular problem and an ovarian problem from Mm. measles. And with German measles, you you had mental dysfunction long term. These are not trivial things. And for the parents to think the vaccines are some risk factor, these are traditional vaccines tested in millions. There is a risk. But the value of the childhood vaccines, Dr. Oz and I did a large study. We interviewed 150 people on every side of the issue way back in, I think, 2006, seven. And it turned out no one at the end of our conclusion would do it. Yeah, the childhood vaccines, maybe it changed the schedule to Dr. Green's schedule. But in any case, get the darn vaccines and especially measles. And there are groups that say it hasn't gotten the measles vaccine. And so those people are vulnerable. If you're a migrant, meaning if you come across the country and haven't gotten it, one of the things that the administration is campaigning for and that uh, is happening in California because they took control of it, and you, you say, well, at least he's giving them vaccinations on arrival so that it doesn't affect the rest of the population if one of those kids gets it and starts spreading it. Almost all of us over the age of 50 got the disease, and between 12 and 50 or or 15 and 50, almost everyone got vaccinated. It's just recently we've had this um, craziness on childhood vaccines, not getting them. So Mehmet and I concluded 40,000 to 1 value. It's like putting a dollar down and getting 40000 back. That's how good these vaccines are and how safe they are. And yes, the group campaigning for safety of vaccines in the 90s and 010 and zeros um, made them much safer. And so they are very safe now and very effective. Okay. Very good. Very good. Just one more quick uh, sidebar to that. If you never had measles and you're a grown-up, is measles as bad as they say it is for adults? They say it's real bad. Yeah, you, you get a swelling. Just imagine your testes get swollen and so swollen they're incredibly painful. That also happens to the surrounding tissue, the meninges in the brain. Incredibly bad for your brain, incredibly bad for your sex life, incredibly bad for you. Um, well, people pay attention. You're supposed to say... Sometimes in guys, women think that's the same thing. They're different. (laughs) I was going to say, the brain and the testicles, two of my favorite organs affected by this. I'm glad I'm protected. 
<laughs> I was trying to be good, Dr. Royson. <laughs> you dragged me back into it, but that's okay. Um, we always seem to talk about a weight, and the, the last year, the last 12 months seem to have been remarkable for the use of a bunch of these new drugs like Ozempic and Wagovi and, and the ones that are helping people lose weight. There are also stories about complications, uh, digestive issues, and there are side effects to these drugs. But you're now saying there's a, a, a pretty positive side effect to this in terms of suicidal thoughts? Yeah, this was a study. It's out of Case Western Reserve University, but it is using all the databases on since 2019. It's one of the values of electronic medical records, if you will. And what they did was they looked at all of those people who took weight loss drugs. So no matter what weight loss drug you took, they looked at it with this study. And it turns out the weight loss drug, Ozempic or Wagovi, um, and that was the only one available to compare at this time. The Eli Lilly Manjaro was not approved yet. But the weight loss drug were associated with a 47% reduction in suicidal thoughts, suicide attempts, and successful suicides compared to people taking other weight loss drugs. So rather than these drugs being accelerating or increasing the problem, they actually decrease it. That's the importance of doing the study right of a control group. This one was out of Case Western Reserve University, the, the place where I'm a professor. So I have some pride in it, but it was a well-done study show because you've got a control group and a comparison group. That's remarkable. That that truly is amazing. A ne nearly 50% drop in suicidal risks, suicidal thoughts, suicidal attempts and successes. Wow. Wow. While we're on the subject of weight loss, staying healthy, you're now showing uh, the moderate to vigorous. I, I got to ask you, what does vigorous mean? Exercise delay uh, mortality in certain lung cancers that are inoperable. Right. So we've had a tremendous reduction in cancer deaths from some of the cancers. What they've shown is that if people started to do exercise, and this is incredible because they had ex accelerometers on it, even four minutes of raising your heart rate, not hugely, but raising your heart rate, about 20 points by movement. So these people walked fast or walked. Um, and just four minutes, that's how most lung patients are, are hindered enough and maybe don't feel like it enough that they don't do anything. But just four minutes of walking uh, quickly, in fact, decreased their risk of dying in a shorter period or extended their life by about, I mean, this is again remarkable, by about um, three months. So three-month benefit from four minutes a day. That truly is amazing, and time is one of the most important things anyone who's fighting cancer can ask for. Because well, it's, 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 it's the most important thing for all of us. 
Well, yeah, but if you if you're fighting cancer, especially lung cancer, you know you wake up every day and you're praying and hoping for somebody to have a breakthrough. And if you can extend your life by just doing a little walking, four minutes of walking every day, maybe you'll get there to the breakthrough. It's a it's a great thing, a very great thing. We're talking to Dr. Michael Royzen, my buddy from the Cleveland Clinic, also from LongevityPlaybook.com, and we talk about extending our lives and making our lives better pretty much every week. Dr. Royzen, colon cancer is always on the front page, and as the younger brother of a colorectal surgeon, I hear about people getting checked and screened all the time at family meetings. Is there new data around this about how effective these screenings are, and what's the best way to get this checked? Well, um, this was a looking at colonoscopy, which is the best way. It, it, it is actually doing the colonoscopy rather than just the screening. Now, it may turn out that we get better and better at DNA screening and pooping into a container and having them look at the DNA may end up being better sometime in the future just to say it's there. But if it's there, you got to get a colonoscopy to get it out, to get the polyp out. So this was looking at a randomized controlled trial. This was what we call on-protocol analysis, comparing those people who actually got the colonoscopy to those who don't. And instead of having about a 25% reduction in colon cancer, it was about a 55%, more than double the benefit in protection against colon cancer. So that's where these data come from. Well, that's good data, too. That's powerful data as well. Dr. Michael Royzen, always a pleasure to spend time with you, learning how we can be smarter about our health. And I encourage everybody, longevityplaybook.com, just stop by and check it out and look at the common sense stuff you can do. And then you'll hang out with us and we'll discuss it every week, pretty much here on the radio. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. And there he goes. And before we get out of here, Nancy Pelosi, you wanted to say something to the class? Obamacare sucks. Okay, thank you, Nancy. Thank you. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow probably with another podcast and at least Saturday night live and local on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT from 7 to 10 p.m. And then next week from Las Vegas, I'll give you details soon, but not now. Till next time, it's Michael Pelker reminding you, testudo, my friends. Testudo.